someone lift up the name of Jesus in this place? If you don't mind, could you please just stand one more time? We just want to honor God and we just want to commit this time to God. But maybe just even just before we do that, I just want to honor Pastor Nate and Pastor Beck. Can we just honor your pastors? Because um, Pastor Nate, particularly in this last little bit when I've faced some challenges, has just been there for me, uh, you know, having coffees and I'm shedding tears. Pastor Nate's there speaking life and wisdom and uh, he's been absolutely epic. And, uh, and just to see the impact that Pastor Beck is having in the, in the, in the community with the ISRA program is absolutely unreal. So just know, you know your pastors are legends, uh, but just know that they're legends outside of the community and make, making a massive impact in people's lives as well. Can we just honor your pastors? means a lot. And uh, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence. The Holy Spirit, I, I thank you that you're already at work in the hearts of your people. And Father, I just pray a blessing over this church, lift church, and I declare that this church is going to cause this community to lift their eyes to Jesus. And Father, those things that are they, they are believing for and those challenges that they're facing, those mountains that are in the way, I just declare those mountains to be moved in the name of Jesus and that which they are believing for. God, let it come in the name of Jesus. I declare this to be a season of harvest in Jesus' mighty name because there are seeds that God has been growing beneath the surface but I believe that the Lord is saying that now is the time that is going to be a breakthrough and there's going to be and now people are going to be able to recognize our community is going to recognize what God has already been doing under the surface all along in the name of Jesus I pray a protection over this church I pray a protection over Pastor Nate and Pastor Beck as they lead and I just thank you God for Lord increase in the name of Jesus I thank you for fruit in 2023. I thank you for salvations. I thank you for miracles. I thank you for your hand and your provision to be at work in Jesus' mighty name for promises to be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You can take your seats. And if I haven't met you, uh, like you've heard, my name is Izzy and uh, I'm really blessed to have this opportunity to speak today. I really believe that God is going to speak to you. And, uh, you know, just before I get into that, I just want to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, uh, a long time ago, probably about uh, 15 years ago, I was pursuing a basketball career. And uh, I was playing semi-professional. I was playing in the NBL 1 uh, until I had an injury. And uh, in that injury, so what I did was my ACL, so I couldn't actually play. And what happened in that time is that uh, while I was recovering, God gave me some space and some time uh, to just reevaluate some stuff. And in that time, I began to realize that actually I was chasing after significance through the basketball career. Really, that's what I was after, significance. But in this time, I began to realize that my significance is not in what I do. My significance is not in the gifting, because how many people know you do nothing for a gift, it's given. My significance is actually in Jesus and what Jesus has done for me on the cross. And so what does that mean? That means that it's no longer dependent on my performance. Whether I do good, whether I don't do good, it's, it's, not, it's not based on what I do, but it's based on what Jesus has done. That's where I find significance. And so I started this journey. I felt the Lord call me to uh, ministry. And so I went to Bible college and uh, spent two years there. And it was a fruitful time. I met my wife in Bible college. And we got married uh, a few years after I met my wife in Bible college. 
And, um, and what happened was after that, I, after I did Bible college, I became the youth pastor and I was straight into ministry and I've been in ministry for the last 10 years. But what happened is at the credential interview, I had a moment where, uh, you know, one of the pastors asked me and Simone whether there was a church in us or not. In fact, Pastor Nate was actually there. And they asked us, is there a church in you? And, and we really felt just a resounding yes. This was in 2016. And a, and a seed was sown in that moment. And there was an agreement in the room as well. We see this on your life too. And so what happened over the years following that, God actually started to grow that seed. God began to breathe on that seed. And about 18 months ago, I had a vision. I had a dream. And in this dream, a man of God spoke to me in this dream. And this kind of encounter, I've never had an encounter like this before, where I felt the presence of God so powerfully. I've never felt or experienced anything like this before. In a dream, a man of God comes and he speaks to me. And he says, hear the word of the Lord. You are to go to Quinn's Rocks and you are to plant a church. And I felt this amazing presence and power of God. In the second half of that dream and that vision, I began to see people's faces. And you know, when you have, if you've had like a vision or this kind of encounter, this supernatural experience with God, there's this sense of knowing. Uh, and, and when I saw these people's faces, I had this sense that these are the people that everybody else has overlooked. These are the people that are in the too hard basket. These are the people where someone would say, it is impossible that that person can change. These are the people that would say, it is impossible that one day that person would be serving Jesus. And I want to encourage you in that moment, I just felt a great presence of God saying, what is impossible with man is possible with God. How many people know that we, we serve a God who does the impossible? And so that started this journey about 18 months ago to where we are now, where we actually took a step of faith to step out to do what the Lord has called us to do. And already we're seeing God do the impossible. In fact, we haven't even asked any person, maybe just there's one person that I've spoken to to say, hey, uh, I believe that God is calling you to come and help. I need your help uh, to build this church. All the rest, God's just added. God has spoken and God has been doing and, and he's added because he knows, because let me just say this, that the vision and the mandate that God has placed on our church is to raise disciples and transform communities. And you can't transform community with two people. <laughs> we'll try. Well, I'll give it a go. But we can't transform a community with two people. We need an army to expand the kingdom of God. And God has already been working supernaturally. We don't even have a Facebook. But we have people committed to courageous. We're working on a Facebook, by the way. But there are people committed to courageousness. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because I'm trying to say to you that God is already at work. He's a supernatural God. But we're not naive. We understand that there's challenge. There's challenge in, in, in stepping out and going against the current of the culture. This challenge in stepping up and saying, I'm here to be counted as, as one who is going against and, and contrary to the kingdom of darkness. There's challenge in that. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus says that you will have trouble. In, in this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And it's absolutely true. In this world, we will have trouble. And the reality is, when we look around, we see darkness at work. Come on, someone. 
We see darkness surrounding us. In fact, in some spaces and in some ways, darkness has absolutely won the battle in some spaces. And uh, I was watching this, uh, you know, YouTube video and, uh, you know, on somebody commenting on, on these sorts of things and showed a video clip of somebody called Little Nas X. I don't know if you've heard of him. And in this clip, it's a music clip. It is absolutely intense darkness. It's not even like, it's not even like, oh, this is just an underlying tone in the video and what's going on there. It is overtly satanic. It is explicitly satanic, like straight up in your face, demonic. And do you know what, like uh, some time ago, this same artist released a shoe. And I don't know if you heard about this, but he re released a shoe called the Satan Sneaker. And, uh, and, and this, on this sneaker is a scripture, Luke 10, 18, which is about how Satan was cast down from heaven. And it's got that, and it's, it's got the number 666 on the shoe. And it's got a pentagram, a, a bronze pentagram on the shoelaces. And it's got an upside down cross, which is all satanic symbolism on the tongue of the shoe. And this is the worst bit. In the sole of the shoe, there's like a bubble. And in that bubble are drops of human blood. And do you know what makes this even worse? Is that in one minute, when that shoe was released, it sold out. That's the reality of the world that we live in. And when you are in people's lives, and if you get to know people that don't know Jesus enough, right? If we break out of our bubble, you can see and experience the darkness at work in people's lives. And here's the reality. Sometimes we encounter that darkness. And the truth of the matter is sometimes that darkness overtakes us. It can overtake us in our mental health. It can overtake us in our heart. It can overtake us in our relationships that we have with one another. It can overtake us in so many different ways and sometimes we can be in this space where we're like man this is actually overwhelming and we do one of two things sometimes we just ignore and pretend nothing's happening and everything's all good and I'm just going to fix my eyes on Jesus and don't worry about that but uh but that doesn't last very long you can't actually go too far with your head in the sand right but then there's this other side where it's like man this is actually just a little bit too much it's too overwhelming and and sometimes we can end up sitting down in our faith and we can end up just like, I just don't know what to do. And that's the reality of the world that we live in. That's the context that we are in. But I came here with good news. Because the Bible says that we can overcome in Jesus' name. In fact, Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says that we overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the power of our testimony. Come on, somebody give it up for the blood of Jesus. Because, we, because of the blood of Jesus, we have been set free from the power of the enemy. Because of the blood of Jesus, we have been redeemed. Because of the blood of Jesus, Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. Because of the blood of Jesus, we no longer the devil no longer has a legal hold over our life. Because of the blood of Jesus, we can walk and live in victory because of the blood of Jesus. That's Revelations 12, 11, but let me encourage you, church, that there's a second part to it. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of our testimony. 
And I believe that the power of our testimony is something that as Christians and as the body of Christ, we underestimate. We don't share enough about what God has done and what God is doing in our lives. What is testimony? That word in Greek really means a witness. It means evidence. And so what is sharing a testimony? It is sharing a, a testimony or sharing a witness or sharing a story that proves that God has been real to you in your life. And the more we do that, the more we can live in this space of victory. The more we can overcome, the more us as the kingdom of God, as the body, multiple churches, multiple denominations, the more we share about the reality of God in our life, the more we can live and experience that victory in Jesus. We're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of our testimony. Your testimonies are so powerful. There was one testimony that absolutely changed my life. If you think I'm charged up now, I want to tell you, before I was, I was already fired up. I was blazing once I had this revelation and I made that decision. I put the, you know, basketball career, I was on fire. But then I had, I heard this testimony a few years ago and it absolutely lit me. I was flying. (laughs) And it was Um, Through this ministry called Open Doors, I have a friend called Nick Hewitt who's a bit of a legend in youth ministry. I just want to brag on Nick Hewitt for a little bit because he did things in youth ministry I haven't seen. Like just his youth ministry from Dream Builders Church, um, they they had this conference in Bunbury and they filled the whole thing. They filled the Bunbury Entertainment Centre just with young people, young people from the community, just from their different campuses. It's not a massive church either. It's like heaps of kids from the schools. They fill that. And so Nick, he now, well, he was working at that, um, on the East Coast. He was working for Open Doors. And I don't know if you've heard of it. Open Doors is a ministry uh, to the persecuted church. And, uh, and their goal is not to end persecution, but their goal is to strengthen the persecuted church. I don't know if you know this, but one in seven Christians all around the world are persecuted for their faith. That means that 360 million Christians all over the world are persecuted for their faith. And so what does that look like? It looks like some of them are persecuted by, uh, you know, not having the opportunity to have education. Uh, Some of them are persecuted by getting beaten up. Some of them are persecuted by not having uh, opportunities to have jobs. Some of them are actually killed. 360 million. That's right now over the world. And, And Open Doors Ministry, they work to strengthen and empower and encourage the persecuted church. And it's absolutely amazing when I heard about this. And long story short, I end up on this Zoom call with this woman that has faced like the, you know, the craziest persecution. And uh, I don't have time to tell you about the testimony, but no, I'm just kidding. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, so this woman, I end up getting on this, this Zoom call. So this is like, this is just a few of us on this call. And uh, I'm hearing it straight from the woman, the story, straight from her mouth. And, uh, and she talks about how she had this uh, encounter with Jesus. She got saved. And she was in a church, and she was learning about God, and she was growing, and, uh, and all this. And, uh, and what happened is she got this conviction from God that she can't just keep this to herself, that she needed actually to share this with other people. And so 
you know, she didn't do no, like, ninja move and, and kind of, like, secretly share it. She, she went and she felt the conviction from God to go and stand on the street corner. This is a, a, a city that is hostile towards Christians. She went and had the courage to go and stand on the street corner and preach about Jesus. People would be saved. People were coming to Christ. She got arrested. And then when she got arrested, they told her, hey, this is a warning. It's, you know, you believe in Jesus, that's on you. But don't be telling other people about this. And, you know, in some cases, right, you have to kind of go with what the Holy Spirit is telling you. So this is not for everyone. This is what the Holy Spirit was telling her. For some people, you actually go undercover and there's another way to go about it, right? And we've seen that and we've heard testimonies of that, right? And so, but this was her conviction. And her conviction was like, nah, I'm going to go and do that. That's what God told me to do. So she ends up going back to the street and she's doing the same thing, preaching. And the second time she gets arrested. And this time they take this woman. I'm, t- I'm hearing this from this woman's mouth. This is, not, I'm hearing, this is not third person. This actual person is telling me the story of what happened to her. And so they take this woman and they put her in a sea container with 20 other people, Middle Eastern heat. They close the door. There's a, there's a window, just one little window in the side. It's so hot in there that if you would touch the side, you burn your, your arm. And do you know what this lady does when she's in this sea container with 20 other people? She starts preaching about Jesus. She starts telling people about the hope that they can have in Christ. She starts telling them that eternal life is in Christ. What in the world kind of person is this? And what happens is the God finds out that she's doing this and, and, and asks this woman, how are you telling people about Jesus? Where's your Bible? She's like, I don't have a Bible. And so he's kind of like back and forth with this woman. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And then he goes, oh, I get it. Your Bible's in here, right? And she goes, yeah, my Bible's in here. I've got it. Come on, doesn't that inspire you already? Just to, Don't you want to just stop now and just go read your Bible? That's the power of testimony. And so she, she says, no, nah, my Bible's in here. And so do you know, you know what he says? He says, uh, okay, the Bible's in here. Uh, I'm going to beat it out of your head then. And he took a stick. This is a real story. I'm hearing from the actual lady. So you know the story ends good, all right? So don't be too worried. But it gets worse before it gets better. So... So this, this man, he takes this woman and with a stick, he beats her to within an inch of her life. And in fact, he beat her so badly, he just left her for dead. And somehow, come on, somehow, by the presence and power of God, she manages to get consciousness and, and get to her house. And she on this story saying she went to her house to die, at least with a little bit of dignity. She thought that this was it. And do you know what happened? At her house, Open Doors Ministries was there. How massive is our God? Open Doors Ministry is there with medical supplies. They ministered to this woman, get her out of the country to safety. And now she's sharing her story, her testimony all over the world. Come on, give God praise. That's the power of testimony. When I heard this story... I was absolutely fired up. I haven't been the same since because it puts things in perspective. You value your word. 
You value the presence of God. You value the opportunity that you have to share the word of God. And let me tell you this, that when you read your Bible, you are reading testimonies. It's not just random stories that somebody said, let's put some mythological thing together to teach people values like it's done in some, you know, people's cultures. It's not that. These are accounts and testimonies of what Jesus has done and of what God has done in real people in real time. And when we read those testimonies, they can absolutely shape us and change us. This is, I want to encourage you, this is the way that we need to look at the Word of God. Testimonies. And my message and my mission today is to, is to talk to you about the power of our testimony. And I want to just share from Hebrews chapter 11, 30, down to 12, verse 3. And I've got some thoughts uh, from, from chapter 12, but I just want to encourage us out of this testimony. These are testimonies. These are testimonies of, of the God that you serve. Come on, if you're facing a challenge, you feel the darkness is overtaking you. You feel like it's too strong. You feel like it's too hard. When you read this, you begin to realize that what's over your head is already under the feet of Jesus. Come on, someone. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho, after they were encircled for seven days, fell. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, and Samson, and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained, king, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens or foreigners. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Again, come on, it's the same God that we serve. Next verse, it says, others were tortured. So there's faith, right, to receive and see the promise manifested in your life. But there's another kind of faith that says, I'm going to stay on my path with Jesus. And I'm going to hold that Jesus is Lord, even if I don't receive the promise. And that's next level. And this is this crew. It says, others, they were tortured. And it says that they weren't accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection because they counted it a, a privilege and an honor to suffer and be martyred for the name of Jesus. Why? Because they have an eternal perspective. They are not living for this life. They understand that we are only here for a short time. And ultimately, we are all going to face judgment. We're all going to face Jesus. This is just a moment. And they had this revelation. They said, well, we're not. We don't want to even be delivered. We'd rather suffer for the name of Christ. Because I understand that I'm going to obtain an even better resurrection. What? Still others had trial of mocking, scourgings, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens, caves of the earth. And these, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. 
God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. And verse 12, chapter 12 from verse 1, this is where I want to stay. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, what does that mean? Since we have access to these testimonies, since we have access to these stories of God, come on, it's the same God that we serve, the same God that lives inside of us. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set out before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. I want to talk to you about the power of our testimony we can leave this up here can we leave chapter 12 uh, 1 and 2 up there yeah cool uh, the power of our testimony what 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 can a testimony do it says that a testimony you know hearing these testimonies since we're surrounded it can help us to lay aside every weight when you hear testimonies, when you read the Word of God, the testimonies can help you to lay aside every weight. The metaphor that's being used here is the metaphor of the Christian athlete. Come on, someone say to your neighbor, I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm a Christian athlete. I'm an athlete. You can own that as the Word of God. That's you. We're all athletes, man. I, I, I one time was hanging out with Simone's little brother, and, and I said to him, I, I'm, I'm not an athlete anymore. I'm a mathlete. And, and so then he was like, oh, are you a mathlete? You want to try? Because you know they do these, um, uh, what do you call that? Like the, the maths games and you verse each other? Math. <laughs> they do these mathletics and there's one kid, this 12-year-old that no one could beat. And I was like, it's all good. I'll sign in as your name and, and I'll get you the W. And that little kid beat me. So math's not my strength. Math's not my strength, but it's all good. That's a weight that I had to lay aside. Come on. But this is the power of a testimony. It can help us to lay aside the weight. How many people know that when you're an athlete, come on, if you're a runner, that there you have to lay aside excess weight because the weight stops you from performing to your peak, up to the peak of your potential. And so there are certain things for us as Christian athletes, certain things that weigh us down. We've got to lay aside the weight. There's different things that weigh you down and, and different things that weigh me down. You might be here today and what's weighing you down is your possessions. You, you've got so many things going on. You've got an investment property. You've got this going on. You've got to buy that and you've got a boat and you've got to service the boat and you've got two cars and you've got to look after the cars. I don't know if you're doing it like that, if you're balling like that. Sometimes those things can end up causing us to be weighed down because maybe God's called you and asked you, will you serve here? Will you go there? Will you be a missionary for me? Will you step out in faith? But you're like, look, yeah, God, I'll do it, but I can do it only on Tuesdays and I can do it only for, with an hour on Wednesday mornings. I can do it. And so we're weighed down by possession. Some of us are weighed down by money because we're so worried about having financial security and we need to make sure we've got all our ducks in a row and how am I going to pay the bills and how am I going to make sure that I've got enough and excess and I've got to make sure that I look after you know my kids and their future and I've got to have investments and I've got to save and I've got to do all this sometimes money can be a weight sometimes social media can be a weight 
You know, when you go open your phone to look at the Bible and you end up just scrolling for three hours on Instagram. You know, sometimes just, you know, different things that you watch, entertainment, that can be a weight. It's holding you back. It's slowing you down. Netflix can be awake. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. That's good. <laughs> Netflix can, can, can be awake. Sometimes we're weighed down by our past. Sometimes we could be weighed down by things that we've done. And the accuser, again, in Revelation chapter 12, the accuser of the brothers. The Bible says that the devil stands day and night before the throne of God, accusing you and I. So don't think for a second that he's leaving you alone. He's actively trying to lead you astray. So understand where you're at. But sometimes our past can weigh us back. Sometimes we look at our lack and we think, well, I can't go for it. And I'm weighed down by these things. But when we hear testimonies, let me tell you, when I heard this woman's testimony, those little things that I was so concerned about, all of a sudden, they were put in perspective. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes those things that we're so worried about and we're so concerned about, when you hear testimonies like that, come on, when you read the Word of God, it can encourage you. Let's lay aside the weight. When you read about Abraham, where God said to him, go, Abraham's like, where? He's like, I'm just telling you to go. He's like, which direction? He's like, just start walking. And I will tell you when you get there. He left everything. He left his comfort, he left his home, he left family, he left friends, he left possessions. Moses had everything in Egypt, but he chose rather to suffer with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He let it all go. But when you read that, you're like, man, if you can let go being a prince in a palace, I can let go. I can let go of Netflix. Come on. I can let go of social media. Do you know you can just delete your account? It's actually very hard to do. Though you have to get, like, go to another website, get instructions. It's actually hectic. I've done it, but, yeah, it's actually hectic. They don't want you out. Well, the devil's trying to lead us astray, though, you know. So maybe have a think, you know. So lay aside the weight. When you hear testimonies, they help us. Come on, to lay aside every weight. And it helps us. When you hear testimonies, helps you to throw off the sin. Throw off the sin. It says... The sin which so easily ensnares us. How many people know that sin is a snare? Come on, it traps us. It promises one thing, delivers something else. Come on, sin traps us. It promises uh, freedom and, and, and delivers a prison. It, it, it promises escape. I'm going to be able to escape through this. But what it delivers is chains. So easily ensnares us and you know what's here's the challenge with with sin and the chains that it brings it's like it's like just think of this like chains around your feet how many people know that when you see those kind of people you know um, you know prisoners or whatever they got chains on their feet they can still walk right that's the challenge because you can still walk when you have chains and sometimes even us as believers we're gonna have sin in our life but we can still walk but here's where the power is when you read the testimonies about what God can do, when you hear testimonies like this woman, it, it stops you from being happy with walking. You want to run. And when you run, when you go to run, that's when you find out that you've got some chains around your feet 
And you actually, that's when you get tripped up and you come to a, a revelation and, and you begin to realize there's some things in my life that are holding me back. But because of your desire to run, it causes you to come to God with a different attitude. You're now coming to God saying, God, I want you to take this because I want to run the race that you have marked out for me with endurance. I want to be who you call me to be. I want to go where you've called me to go. I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm done with being comfortable. I'm done with walking. I'm awake to the fact that Jesus is coming back and I want to do my part to take as many people as I can with me to eternal life. And when you, let me tell you, we don't have that power to break. You can't do it in your own strength. But when you have this true heart desire and this, this approach and this heart to God that says, I don't want this anymore. That's where grace meets you. That's where grace meets you. And the power of God sets you free. That's the power of testimonies. It makes you want to run. And then you realize some things that you've got to let go. You realize that you need God and his grace in certain areas and in certain spaces. And that's where you can throw off those chains that begin to run. And it says, run this race with endurance. Run with endurance the race that is set out before us. You know what's so powerful about these testimonies and testimonies of, of people, it, when you hear those, you understand that you're not running in a random race by yourself. You actually, it's not an individual race. You're part of a relay. There are others that are running with you. In fact, there are others that are, have run before you. When you read this, you know, these heroes of faith from 11 from 30, you read all these heroes of faith, you understand that that same God that did that in them and is moving in them, he worked all the way through history. And then it was their turn. And then it was their turn. And then it was their turn. And now it's our turn. And in fact, we have a responsibility to run in such a way that sets up the next generation to win. Sets up the next generation to be in a good position to take the kingdom of God forward. But that's the power of testimony because sometimes we can be going through stuff and think, well, I'm the only one. But when you start to hear some others didn't receive their promise, some others faced persecution, some others struggled. When you read your word, you can read about David who struggled. When you read your word, you can read about Peter who made the wrong decision. When you read your word, you can read about all these imperfections in people and it can help you because then you're not all by yourself and this is the only one who's ever struggled with something like this. That's the power of testimony, but we don't use it enough. And let me tell you this, that where the, where the, this is where the real power is at. When the, when the testimony is transparent, real from the heart. And we do that in relationship. That's the power of that, having relationship. Relationship that's transparent, that's honest with one another as we go forward to, with, with Jesus, as we follow Jesus, walk, walk heart to heart with one another as we follow King Jesus. And I just want to finish with this point. The power of our testimony can help us. It can help us in verse, uh, sorry, verse 2. It help us to look unto Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God. When we share testimonies, when we read the word of God through that lens of these are testimonies, it can help us to look to Jesus. When you share your testimony and this is where I was, come on, and I was trying to find significance in all these other things. You know, I've had a, an opportunity to share some of that where, you know, as, uh, you know, I'm a chaplain, I work in a public school as a chaplain, and uh, even for the few weeks that I've been there, uh, I've had an opportunity to share my testimony. There are certain things that I can't say in that space, you know, just to be respectful of other people's views and different things. I can't be explicitly Christian, but I can still share my testimony. Come on. And I start to share with a bunch of young people about how I was trying to find significance in that. And it's exactly where they were. That's exactly where they are. And I share this testimony and they're just kind of scratching their head. They're like, what? You know? And so it has this impact when we share our testimony. Come on, it can help. If it was in another context and they asked me that question directly and I could have that open conversation about Jesus, that would help that young person look to Jesus for their life. It starts with transparency, but then it leads people to look to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. What does that mean? That means that Jesus is the author of salvation. What does that mean? That means that salvation was God's idea. And the fall, man rebelled against God. But God's plan was to pursue. Not that they pursued him, but he pursued them. Not that we pursue him, but he pursues us. Salvation, reconciliation, healing, forgiveness, deliverance, that was God's idea. And so he's the author of our faith. He is the finisher of our faith. What does that mean? That means that he blazed the trail and he lived that trail. He's the perfect example. And so Jesus, he lived by faith, unquestioning, unbreakable faith in his Father and trust in his Father. And it was that trust and that faith that helped Jesus to endure that rejection that he felt when the Father separated himself from him. It helped Jesus to endure all the pain and all the beating and all the rejection and people leaving him. It helped Jesus when he was up on that cross suffering to endure the crucifixion. He lived this, he, he blazed the trail and he lived it out perfectly. That was what was holding Jesus on that cross, his faith and his trust in his Father. And ultimately, that's where we need to look. It says in verse 3, I see that you had it. Consider him who endured such suffering. So it's going to come, verse 3, you got verse 3? Oh, it's pretty close. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. And so what does that mean? That means that when we look to Jesus, we understand I can make it through this. We look to Jesus, we understand I can endure the suffering. We look to Jesus, we understand this is the best bit. That that joy that was set before Jesus that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. That joy was to be shared with us. It wasn't just for him, but it was the fact that we get to share in that 
with him. In Jesus' name. So I want to encourage us, church. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the power of our testimony. In Jesus' name. And maybe Nate, Pastor Nate, if you just come and if you can just play just a little bit. I would love to just pray just for a moment. If we could just all stand to our feet. If we just close our eyes for a moment. And just have a moment between us and God. You know, there's different ways that the darkness can infiltrate our hearts. There's different ways that the darkness can consume our minds. And I feel even right now in this room, in your, in your mind, especially in, in the mind, the mental space, Darkness has been winning the battle. Some people, you've been overwhelmed. You've been overwhelmed, anxiety. You've been overwhelmed by depression. Maybe you even had suicidal thoughts. And if you're honest right here in the room, if you're honest before God, darkness has been winning the battle. For some, maybe it's in the area of temptation. Darkness has been winning the battle. For some, it's just in your family and in your life, in your world around you, you just feel, wow, I'm consumed. The darkness is everywhere. I can't see the light. Can I just say that there is no shame in being in that position? That there are times we all struggle. There are times where I struggle. There are times where it feels like, man, I'm not, I'm not winning. I'm not doing well. Like, I can't see the light. We all go through those dark nights of the soul. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus for whom he loves and are called according to his purpose. That's you and I if you believe in him. So no shame in being in a space where you're struggling. But I want to speak faith and hope into your heart and your life. You will overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the power of your testimony, you will overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the power of your testimony, you will overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the power of your testimony, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. Father, I just pray that you help us to live our lives in a position of victory, knowing that you have already won the battle. Depression, anxiety, sin has all been nailed to the cross, and you have triumphed over sin and death. We thank you for your blood, Jesus. I pray cover every single heart, every single family with the blood of Jesus. For your glory, Lord, help us. Like this amazing woman of faith. To put others first, to put the kingdom first, to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. And we trust you for everything else to be added unto us. Right now at the beginning of 2023, we say, here we are, Lord. Here we are. Use us. Send us. 
change us so that we can overcome and that we can, through our testimony, help our community to overcome in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Live Church or on Facebook at Live Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.